National coverage of America's greatest sport. Join us for bi-weekly episodes throughout the season, and remember to subscribe and rate or review the show wherever you get your podcast. If you would like to contact the show, please email us at ultimatecfbpod at gmail.com or via Twitter at cfb underscore ultimate. Welcome back to the Ultimate College Football Podcast as we continue our series looking at the biggest games from each Power 5 conference. Going in alphabetical order, we are continuing with the Pac-12 conference. When you look at the Pac-12 for 2023, there is a pretty clear top tier, in my opinion, consisting of five teams. You've got USC, a team that last year was a win away from the playoff. They return to Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams and a lot of other players. They look to be in position to uh, repeat a lot of their success from a season ago. They're going to be in the preseason top 10 at the very least, and maybe even in the top five. Also, you've got Oregon in that group. They are a team who's had a lot of recent success, maybe the most talented roster in the conference on paper. And from a recruiting standpoint, they won 10 games a season ago, returned Bo Nix, who is one of the top quarterbacks in the nation, arguably, and he very well could be in the Heisman Trophy mix this season, going to their in-state rival, Oregon State. They are not getting as much hype as some of these other teams, but I think you definitely have to put them in contention. They won 10 games last season. They maybe won't be ranked in the preseason polls, but I definitely think they should be, or at least you could make a very good argument for them. They're a very physical football team, kind of the most similar team to Utah in the conference. They like to run the ball, uh, certainly not a spread football team by any means, but they play their style of football very well, return a lot of players. They're going to be a contender in the Pac-12. And then heading north, you've got Washington, the fourth of these five teams. They're coming off of an 11-win season. They return the top passer in college football statistically and Michael Penix Jr. So he is one of the uh, three Pac-12 quarterbacks that enters the season with a lot of Heisman hype. Washington uh, breakout year in Kalen DeBoer's first season. Return a lot of players. They're going to be right in the mix. And then you've got Utah, a team that is probably going to be in the top 15, I would think, in the rankings. But for whatever reason, they are not uh, getting as much attention as some of these other teams like USC, Oregon, or Washington. I'm not sure if it's people just kind of taking Utah for granted at this point, but they're definitely a team that should be getting some attention. They are the two-time defending conference champion, return a good bulk of last year's championship team, and a team that in recent years has risen to the top of the conference, their consistent year in and year out. So that group of USC, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, and Utah, that is where the likely Pac-12 champion will come from, and if the conference does produce a playoff team, it's probably going to be from that group of five, and likely the two championship game participants will come uh, from that group as well. So when you're looking at the top games from the Pac-12, they're going to be including these teams. They largely play each other in the regular season, so it is a little bit difficult to narrow it down to five games in conference. Uh, the 
kind of uh, what I went back to was uh, giving uh, USC a little bit more representation because it's their last time playing these teams. And USC, of course, does carry uh, with them a lot of attention with their history. So uh, you are going to see USC on the list quite a bit. And another team, even though uh, they're unlikely to really be at the top of the conference, uh, that you will see represented is Colorado just because they are a very fascinating team this season. They've been kind of the talk of college football, at least in the offseason. And if they win, they certainly are going to uh, continue to be at the center of the conference and the national discussion. Uh, but they've got a very difficult early uh, slate in the first half of the season. So either we're going to see a lot of that hype dissipate rather quickly or it's going to really intensify. So with that in mind, let's take a look at our top games in the Pac-12, starting with the non-conference. So the number five game I've got for non-conference games is Washington at Michigan State. This is the second in a home-and-home -home series as they played in Seattle last season. And this year's game has uh, kind of a similar setup to last year's game. Last year, Michigan State, they came into the game as a fairly heavy favorite coming off of a, a big season the year before where they won the Peach Bowl. Washington, on the other hand, uh, they had really no expectation, having just fired their coach and bringing in a new head coach. Uh, but Washington won that game and was kind of their coming out party. At the time, it was seen as a really big win. In hindsight, uh, Michigan State ended up not being very good, so it wasn't as big of a win as we thought. Uh, move forward a year later, and the conversation is very similar, except you've kind of just flipped sides. Washington is coming off of an 11-win season. Michigan State is coming off of a losing season. So Washington, they come into this game as a pretty big favorite, but it is a road test in a hostile environment very legitimate, uh, you know, difficult environment in Michigan State. And Michigan State, they're going to be trying to turn the corner here and Mel Tucker's now uh, fourth season at the helm in East Lansing. It is a matchup you don't see very often, uh, which is one of the kind of cool things about these non-conference games that certainly adds to the appeal. Uh, this game would be ranked higher in our uh, top non-conference games if Michigan State was expected to be a little better. Uh, but at the very least, though, this game does still carry some intrigue, and so it's definitely, I think, worthy of a spot on this list. Coming in at number four, I've got Colorado at TCU, a week one game that I'm personally really excited for. I and just the games that I'm most looking forward to in the non-conference nationally, this would rank near the top when you're looking at from the Pac-12's perspective. Uh, there are some games that I thought uh, were more worthy uh, of uh, put of TCU Colorado, so that's why they come in just at number four. But this is a big opportunity for Colorado and for the conference as a whole. They're going on the road against a team that played in the national championship game. It is a real spotlight game for a program that just a season ago went 1-11, so it is pretty amazing to see how things have changed in Boulder, at least as far as uh, the headlines are concerned and the attention they are getting. Uh, but there is a lot of anticipation of what this Deion Sanders team is going to look like, the way that he has overturned a roster in just one offseason. Are all these new faces, are they going to be able to gel together? A lot of them came pretty late, even after spring football. So there are a lot of questions of even if you've upgraded talent, which they certainly have. Last year's team, of course, did lose 11 games, so there really was nowhere to go but up. That, of course, is a big reason why Deion Sanders addressed roster like he did, is because he needs to improve this thing, and they just didn't have the talent in Boulder 
when he came in, they, they had to make some serious changes. But it's still going to be fascinating to see what this team does look like. And they're opening the season against a really good opponent. So it should be quite a test for this uh, team that carries a lot of intrigue. First time being able to see Colorado in this new era. And I'm just very fascinated to see what that looks like. And if they do compete against TCU, even though TCU isn't expected to duplicate last season's success, I would still uh, really announce that Colorado has definitely improved from last season and it's going to help fuel the hype train that is already moving full steam ahead in boulder currently at number three i've got another week one game florida at utah this is a thursday night game to open the season if you remember last year even though florida wasn't particularly good they finished with a six and seven record they did defeat utah in the swamp in another uh, week one game so being played around a similar time of year utah uh, they could really use a win in this game it doesn't help the Pac-12's reputation when they have their best teams and some of their conference champions lose to kind of ho-hum SEC teams that's happened quite a bit in recent years if you remember 2018 Washington they won the league opened up with a loss to Auburn 2019 Auburn pretty good that season uh, but they did beat Oregon who won the conference last year uh, Oregon didn't win the conference but they did get thumped by Georgia and Utah of course as we stated, they went on to be the Pac-12 champion and they lost to Florida. So the Pac-12, if they're going to produce a playoff team, winning some of these non-conference games are going to help. And doing so against the SEC uh, always really uh, boosts your reputation just because of the way the SEC is viewed. So even though Florida maybe isn't going to be that high-profile ranked win, it is certainly going to alleviate some of the pressure or at least the criticism of having one of your premier programs lose to a kind of middling mid-tier SEC team. So it's a win I think Utah definitely needs and the conference definitely could use even though it, of course, isn't going to have any impact or bearing on Utah's ability to win the Pac-12. It doesn't go in the conference standings, obviously. The game coming in at number two is a historic rivalry game going back to the Big 12 and even Big 8 days, and that's Nebraska at Colorado. This is one of the games that I am really looking forward to in the non-conference would rank really high if I were just to do a national list and it is uh, going to be a really exciting way to usher in the Deion Sanders era in Boulder this isn't of course his first game it's going to be his first home game and renewing a major rivalry Colorado's really biggest rivalry at least historically for Deion's debut home game I think that'll make for a pretty amazing environment at Folsom Field it's going to be uh, really well received by the fan base when these two played a few years ago in a home and home uh, both games were very compelling went right down to the wire Colorado actually swept the series uh, but it was really well received by everyone and I would expect another great environment and potentially another really good game both teams aren't necessarily expected to be that good they're both breaking in new head coaches, but it will be a really uh, fun early big game for both of those new coaches in their early tenure. Going to help set the tone, bring some positive momentum. Uh, both teams do have difficult week one games. So the loser definitely has the potential of falling 0-2. Uh, also, if they were to get wins in week one and then win this game, the winner going 
2-0 to open the season. That would be a fantastic start uh, to both of these coaches' tenures and would show signs of immediate progress in their first season. So a lot to be gained, at the very least, uh, trying to avoid at least a pretty uh, rapid slide if you do lose in week one. So regardless of what happens in week one, this game's going to be very important and be very exciting and definitely looking forward to that one. And then coming in at number one, I've got another rivalry game. This one, though, is played annually. It is Notre Dame hosting USC. This is a mid-October game, I believe October 14th. And it's really, I think, the biggest, uh, when you're looking just nationally, what Pac-12 non-conference game is going to feature the best opponent or the highest ranked opponent and probably is this game so that's why I put it at the top it is an opportunity for a Pac-12 contender to get a signature non-conference win some of these other games certainly can be very interesting and have potential to really boost the credibility of their respective winners but I think this game at least uh, from a preseason perspective it is probably the most likely opportunity for the USC to get that signature win against the team that's going to be ranked uh, fairly high, uh, certainly top 15, one would think, at least in the preseason poll. So we'll see how the season unfolds. But a big opportunity for USC. They won this game last year and what was the debut season for both head coaches, Lincoln Riley and Marcus Freeman. We'll see what happens this time as Notre Dame host. Uh, but it'll be uh, a big game and Probably the first test for USC this season, as you look at their schedule, it's pretty backloaded. So USC is likely to be undefeated heading into this game, and it's going to garner a lot of attention if that is indeed the case. And for Notre Dame, they will have already played Ohio State, so the hype for this game could be pretty bonkers if Notre Dame wins that one. And if they lose, then it's kind of a do-or-die game for Notre Dame and their playoff hopes. We're going to move on now to our top five conference games. And as we said at the beginning, it is a little bit hard to decipher uh, between these games because you've got five uh, kind of very worthy teams to uh, be garnering attention in the Pac-12 this offseason, at least as teams are contenders to win the conference. And a lot of them do play each other. So uh, with that in mind, it is hard to narrow it down to five. But in my list, starting off at number five, I've got Utah at USC. This is routinely a really good game. The home team has, generally speaking, dominated the series since they've been conference foes. They're now going to be meeting for a final time. It is a rematch of last year's Pac-12 championship game, and in the regular season, Utah's the only team that beat USC, so we'll see if USC has found a way uh, to defeat Kyle Whittingham's program. They are kind of the antithesis to USC as far as styles are concerned. Utah, they like to run the football. Uh, run a much more traditional offense compared to Lincoln Riley's kind of new age spread system uh, that is you know highly evolved uh, to the modern uh, sport of college football and how it's played so kind of a throwback and class of styles between the two different eras kind of represented in Utah known for physicality and defense USC known more for just kind of outscoring their opponents relying upon turnovers defensively. So we'll see this game for a final time in the Coliseum in late October. Going to have some pretty high Pac-12 stakes, one would assume. Coming in at number four, we've got Oregon at Washington. This is a key rivalry game for both teams. It's being played October 14th. And if you remember last year when these two played, uh, both in the first 
year of their respective head coaches, Kalen DeBoer at Washington and Dan Lanning at Oregon. Both had very successful for the most part debut seasons. Last year's game, it was a classic game. Washington won it at the very end on the road, so they now get to host Oregon after last season's game. Uh, certainly, I think it's going to really motivate Oregon to uh, flip things back in their favor in this rivalry series, and I would expect one of the better atmospheres and environments uh, for a Pac-12 conference game this season. It is a rivalry that is pretty intense uh, regionally. doesn't always get a lot of national attention, but uh, that, of course, could change if both programs continue to improve. And like some of these other Pac-12 games, that's a great quarterback duel between Bo Nix and Michael Penix. So it is a big game and could emerge in the future as one of the kind of staple high-end games in the Pac-12 year after year since USC and UCLA will be leaving. So this year should be very important for the conference race. Next up, I'm staying with Oregon and going to their other conference rival in the Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State. Uh, this was another one of Oregon's losses last season as they struggled against their rivals. This time, though, they are going to host Oregon State, and they have had a lot of success against the Beavers in Eugene. So it's going to be a very stiff challenge for Oregon State, uh, but it is a game that should have some Pac-12 implications. I imagine, at the very least, one of these teams uh, will still be in the hunt for one of those two Pac-12 title game birds and uh, maybe both teams will. That certainly is a possibility. As we said, Oregon State is a team flying a little bit under the radar, but they definitely have a chance to make some noise in the Pac-12, and they did make some noise in the conference a season ago. Uh, when both teams are good, this is a really good series. Uh, the problem, of course, has been that Oregon has really ascended the last decade while Oregon State went through a pretty long period of irrelevancy, but that has changed in recent years, and that should make for another really good one in what is a pretty underrated in-state rivalry game. So it should be a really fun one uh, to watch. I've got that one coming in at number three. At number two, I've got Washington at USC. Used to be, of course, an annual matchup, but with the expanded Pac-12 going from 10 to 12. These two have been in different divisions, and with that, they haven't really played that much the last decade, even though they are two of the more recognizable Pac-12 programs. So they do get to meet a final time before USC leaves to the Big Ten. That makes this game that much more important. It's being played in the Coliseum. It is a, uh, I believe, early November game, uh, so we are going to kind of know where both teams stand in the Pac-12, I imagine. Uh, both teams will still definitely be in the hunt, although uh, this could be a game where uh, one of the teams at least is in a must-win situation to stay realistically uh, within reach of a Pac-12 championship game berth, and very possible that one, if not both of these teams, could still maybe be in the playoff hunt. So it's going to be a really important game, and another one of these great quarterback matchups between Caleb Williams and Michael Penix Jr. One would imagine, based on the offenses, that this could be a really great shootout that you kind of are accustomed to seeing with a Lincoln Riley coach team. So this one likely to be very close, very compelling, especially especially if you like offensive football. The number one game in the Pac-12 conference late for the season is USC at Oregon, and you could have put many of these other games up at number one. The reason why I settled at USC at Oregon is because Oregon has kind of nationally at least garnered the most attention with their since the last 15 years, while USC, with their tradition and history,
history, uh, they always, of course, get a lot of attention as well. So it makes for this matchup pretty appetizing year in and year out. And especially when both teams are good, I imagine uh, this game will uh of course, fall into that category with both teams having very good seasons last year, both expected to be good this season, probably at the very least going to be top 15 in the preseason polls, and it's going to be uh, a truly great environment in Eugene, with it being the last time Oregon gets to play USC. Uh, it is, like many of these games, going to be a great quarterback battle between Bo Nix and Caleb Williams, and I imagine that there are going to be uh, a lot at stake and you could go through the list that's kind of typical with all these games, but conference stakes, probably playoff stakes for at least one of the parties involved. So it's going to be a great football game, a great build-up to it, and I think with the attention both get, I think this game is worthy of the number one spot. But as I stated, uh, with there being a pretty clear uh, top tier in the Pac-12 really any game between those five merits consideration and could uh, be potentially at number one on the list. So that'll do it for today's episode, and we will conclude this series in our next episode as we look at the top games from the SEC Conference. After that one, we are going to go through each of the 10 FBS conferences and give you a preview uh, for those conferences in 2023. Thank you for listening. This is the Ultimate College Football Podcast.